Luke, if you don't tweet that right now, I quit. <laughs> that right, I'll put it on Catching Fox's page. It's helpful. Luke, you are so helpful. How you been, man? Um, um, eh. How close is baby to regular sleep? You know what? Actually, she's pretty close. We've gotten her down nice. to one feeding during this when we would normally be asleep. Yeah. So... <laughs> uh, <laughs> She gets when a, humans sleep, yeah, she gets a good dream feed apparently, which is a thing right in there at the in the beginning, and then uh, she's doing good though. She's real cute. She's re- real cuddly, starting to smile. Um, you know, so she was screaming last night at you know three forty five in the morning while I was changing her. So no man, I know what it was. She was screaming, "The Gummer's near a hurricane. <laughs> what will happen to Gummer's backyard? We need that sweet, sweet better help money." <laughs> God bless the fine folks at BetterHelp.com slash Foxes. <laughs> is it is it slash on Foxes or do you enter in? I'm catching Foxes. I don't remember. No, no, no. It's slash Foxes. Okay. I should, know because BetterHelp and Faithful Counseling still have the slash Foxes up. Should we uh, – <laughs> do you think it's bad that we don't uh, – like we use the same ad over and over again? Because like most podcasts, they just – No. Uh, no? All right. I'm okay no, with that, Most podcasts, even if they do a new ad, are still doing just the same ad. Right? Yeah, that's true. And that's so, true. so I took I – took, so you did an ad read. I did an ad read. Then I matched our ad reads together because there was then, one update from and mine. And there was so. a lot of weird smushing. And then out <laughs> comes this beautiful ad read. <laughs> Isn't that what they called it on Jersey Shore when they would have sex? They call it smushing. Isn't that what I think they it called was it? smashing? I've smashing. only seen like five minutes of one episode. And yeah, I me, was too. Like, me too. Oh. Oh. And it was funny because one of the men was trashing one of the women for being slutty, and he said. Men are – it's just weird to me. Men are the ones that are supposed to go to the smush room. And it's like, but you're sleeping with women. So somewhere along the lines, you're I've, you're uh, engaging in a non-congruent argument here. <laughs> Some, somehow, some way, society <laughs> has failed you. Yeah, in such big ways. But the good news is that that guy – what was his name? The Situation? Wasn't that his – yeah. He has a fitness tape. <laughs> oh, well, a, everything's fine now. Yeah, yeah. We are now on the brightest timeline. I'm going to sneeze. Should I mute this? No, no. Our people need to know what I go through. I can't sneeze any less than four times. <laughs> that is so bizarre. Isn't it? It's been uh, my way my entire life. There was an episode of Who's the Boss where Tony Danza helped everyone who was sick. And then uh, he's like, I'm just, I just have an amazing uh, immune system at the very end of the episode, you know, like the last joke. And then he sneezed once, and him and Angela stare at each other like, oh, God. And he goes, no, it's fine. It was just a fluke. It was one sneeze. And then he sneezed the second time, and he goes, I'm sick. And he jumped in bed and, and, or jumped in her arms or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Are you si-? I, mean, I was like six at the time. And I was like, so you're sick if you sneeze twice. <laughs> Tony Danza, you have, you have um, left an indelible mark on my soul. Oh, man. Uh, and, and here's another instance of Tony Danza leaving an indelible mark on my soul. The other day I was teaching my kids vowels, right, and uh, my youngest, and I was going, A-E-I-O-U, 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 and sometimes wah, which is a straight quote from Who's the Boss. <laughs> I have, I have, there's an episode where Tony Danza was going to give a speech, and that's how he was warming up his face. A-E-I-O-U, and sometimes wah. Oh, that's so funny. I, I, do you miss those old style sitcoms? Uh, I mean, I miss them nostalgically. I don't know if I could laugh at them now. There was that one show after the King of Queens that was like the King of Queens, uh, and I never watched the King of Queens. Yeah, it was, um, it was like the exact same people, right? Yeah, just no, different... it wasn't. They just looked a lot alike. It was like something no, I, and Mary or something. No, I thought that the people from I thought that um, the guy from King from the King of Queens. Kevin James and then the girl, the the ex Scientologist, like did another yeah. show where they were a married couple. They might have, but that wasn't the one I was talking about. But I, I just remember I Molly. watched like Mike and Molly. I just remember watching like maybe five minutes of it and being like, oh, oh no, like it just wasn't funny. I mean, just the other day I was quoting Cheers. My wife and I were sitting down and we were scrolling through, and uh, iTunes is doing this big push for like classic shows for four ninety nine. Um, the classic movies that you can buy for four ninety nine, and one of them was Twelve Angry Men, 
And I said, man, that reminds me of one of the funniest quotes from Cheers. She's like, what? I, n- I never really watched it. And I go, you know how Woody Harrelson was like a dumb guy? Yeah. And I was like, well, he did this thing where he was also – he always acted in a local, like, uh, you know, community theater troupe. And one day he comes in and he's yelling at Sam. And Sam's like, gosh, buddy, what's your problem? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, Sam. My community theater is doing a rendition of 12 Angry Men. And we can only get six guys, so we have to be twice as angry. <laughs> The best lines I've ever heard. So I told that to her, and she's just like, "Okay, that's funny, I guess." I'm like, twice as angry." It's about it's about jurors. He's like, "Now get on all fours, and I'm gonna put my feet on your back while I watch NASCAR." Is that what she said after? Oh, that's what she said to me. Oh, good God! I thought you were saying that's what I said to her. No, No. and we did, and we did. I'll tell you what I learned, Luke. I learned something new about NASCAR. You ready for this? Here you go. Yep. They have two non-circle, non-oval tracks. They're called road tracks or something where they actually have to twist and turn and go right. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. They now they've always had one and now they have two. Hmm. And I'll tell you, that was much more exciting. I, I do think that, uh, I think that was what for, isn't that what formula one racing is? Yeah. 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 I do think that, uh, like I get why what they do on NASCAR is elite. And fa- like oh, yeah. the, how fast they can change a tire and all that stuff and all the l- little things that go into that, <laughs> that I, I like how it actually is a team sport. I find that to be fascinating. Yeah, but like oh, in, like and in Shannon, small and the, doses. Yeah, and Shannon has the the all the metrics in her head of the pit crews too, not just the drivers. It's fascinating. Did, it was fascinating. she always into that, or it, it just no, no? She started it because her brother, younger brother Ryan, he liked NASCAR. And they were, uh, when they were at Franciscan together, she wanted something, and she lived off campus, that they could, like, bond over. So she's like, he's really into NASCAR. I'll learn more about this. And then she fell in love. And the other day, um, when was it? It was probably, like, two years ago, not the other day. They were talking, and she said, hey, did you watch the race? And he goes, you know. Really quick, that's the biggest example of (laughs) your 30s. The other day, or two years ago, I don't really know. (laughs) (laughs) It's corona time. Uh, But, no, she said, Hey, Ryan, did you see the race the other day? Blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you know, I haven't watched NASCAR in a long time. And she's like, what? He's like, yeah, it turns out I was just a Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan instead of a NASCAR fan or something like that. And she's like, and then she told me that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, your whole life is a lie. For some reason, that makes me happy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But no, we watch it three three hours, four hours. (laughs) But we watch it every weekend. That's when daddy takes his naps or works in the garage. <laughs> Ooh, I'm woodworking, girl. <laughs> good Lord, good Lord. When was the last time you touched wood? <laughs> <laughs> Luke. Luke, Luke, Luke. Oh, my gosh. That is why we'll never get that sweet, sweet Matt Fred money. Right I there. Know. That right. My inab- our inability to make a joke like that is what keeps <laughs> us at like 300 or so patrons. <laughs> and every one of them is carved in gold. Uh, <laughs> no, the uh, the last time I did woodworking, let me put it that way. Um, I mean, the last time I used a miter saw was two days ago. So there you go, good. Fuck it, Trebek. Yeah, you know, I had to put some new fence posts up, so uh, had to trim uh, about three inches off the bottom because it was too tall for my, nice. my fence line. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, Aaron's dad asked me who was here uh, when Everly was born. If I had if I had a table where I did work, you know, like like a saw or something or a. Woodcutter thing. I was like, oh, Mark, no, I probably should. I'm not a real man. And then he's like, no, I know. That's why I opposed you marrying her. And then we all just stared at each other because I was in the room in this story. <laughs> and, then he, <laughs> and then we danced. Yes. So, Luke, I'm still here. Power's still there on. There you go. You're, you're good. No uh, hurricane. You're good. Hurricane, hurricane. Ain't got nothing on me. God bless everyone, and especially uh, Katie McGrady and all of our friends down in mm. uh, down. In Louisiana, I've been praying. I'm yeah. thinking about all of them. I hope they're okay. Um, Beaumont lost stuff, power. Man. Yeah, Beaumont is in East Texas, and it just basically rode the border. I went to bed around midnight so I could watch the Eye of the Storm crossover onto land, and then uh, then we're like, we're we barely even got rain. Like it's nothing. So we thought we were. I mean, Category Four guys. I mean, it's, it's a just big deal. Miserable. But it was moving. It was moving much faster than Hurricane Harvey, which almost came to a complete stop over Houston for. a what seemed like a full 24, 36 hours, something like that. So, Could you imagine that? I mean, could you imagine? You can't imagine that. I can't imagine 24 hours of just storm. Yeah. 
Uh, no, it was it was horrific. But this rode the Texas Louisiana border, and it was mostly on Louisiana. All the dirty side is what we call it. Was on Louisiana's side. Oh God, man, what a what a year, huh? What a year! What a freaking year, man! And don't worry, we got an asteroid coming. So <laughs> I know. So I was just thinking at the, at the very end, there will be a tiny asteroid that will hit us. Have you seen um, the? There's a channel called Don't Walk Run on YouTube, and I've never heard of him until like maybe a week ago or three days ago, something like that. But they have. They're the ones I've seen them all over the woodlands, and I, I'm wondering if you've seen it where it says Asteroid 2020. Mm-mm. Have you seen that? They've been. They've been. <laughs> it's just this one guy and a couple uh, people that he has helping him. But he makes these like newsreel news analysis type videos that are humorous, you know. But <laughs> so he just he's like, screw these candidates. I'm voting for asteroid 2020. And then <laughs> when it found out that an asteroid was actually coming and would hit be- or was coming closest before uh, the November election, he's like, well, uh, reality is imitating art. Here we go. It had nothing to do with the actual asteroid. But I've seen those all over the woodlands. Hmm. Maybe it's just the same car all over again. Over and over. <laughs> over, and over. Um, man, I had something and then I lost it completely. I can't tell if that's COVID brain, stroke brain, or new parent brain. <laughs> I, I, there are Why times, not all three? I know. I'm just like, I don't like, oh my gosh. My cognitive unfunctioning has never been more challenging than right now. It is. I'm trying to. So this is one of the things I want to talk to you about, right? I was thinking about this, and I was wondering if we could talk about it publicly because we don't have private thoughts. No, and no, uh, can't monetize private thoughts. <laughs> Thank you, Luke. If you don't tweet that right now, I quit. Right, I'll put <laughs> was... Catching foxes page. Oh, gosh, Luke, that was so funny. Oh, and I'm sending you a laughing face <laughs> on the Skype. Can't monetize private thoughts. Okay, anyway, this is what I was going to say. So my wife's birthday is on September 25th. Don't worry, I booked a gig. I'll be gone. Um, <laughs> I'll be in Austin doing a, uh, a, a fullness of truth talk on the St. Joseph in salvation history. I'm very oh, excited. Totally worth it. Totes. Um, who's Shannon? And... Uh, Shannon looked like a bunch of dead presidents. Okay. The, so she decided that she's going to triple down on the hardcore carnivore, right? So we let quarantine really, really beat the living crap out of our, our diet strictness. And it, in a way to incentivize my daughters to read, uh, I gave them the Harry Potter books. And when they finish one, we watch the movie together with just that one kid. So they get, like, a really cool mommy-daddy thing. Oh, that's cool. Here's the deal. Once you once you have uh, more than one kid, the oldest starts to question your spending any time with the youngest. It's kind of hysterical. But they all want a rotating schedule of alone time with mommy and daddy. So we thought this would be perfect. Get my oldest to start reading more in-depth and all that stuff. Um, so... She did, and she cru- and she's been crushing all the Harry Potter books, and afterwards we talk about them, and then we watch the movie, and we eat popcorn and ice cream, and uh, Mommy and Daddy, for about two solid weeks, were drinking alcohol pretty much every night. Um, don't worry, they were hard seltzers, so we had some ranch water, it was neat. Uh, I am now a connoisseur of all things, uh, so of all things, uh, <laughs> hard seltzer. And uh, apparently Topa Chico's coming out with their own hard seltzer, which, yes, please. But, <laughs> but uh, all that said, Shannon's like, you know, it's a month before my birthday here in a couple days. I want to recommit to hardcore carnivore, the whole thing, the whole deal. And so I was like, what if we did like an Exodus 90, but for 30 days, scaled it back, you know, did it a little different. We called it Sexodus 30. Okay. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. You're already on board. Um, I've already, I'm a, I'm seasoned ticket holder. Yes. Yes. Then, uh, what we're going to do is the goal is to read a book a week. Uh, so we're trying to develop what you just said. That's what set me off was the cognitive destruction that, uh, oh, nice. that has nice. been, that has been the coronavirus. So doing a book a week, that's my goal. Um, and I'm trying to do like difficult, a difficult read, a little Matt Fraddish. Um, trying to do a difficult read. I'm going through Alistair McIntyre's Tradition Dependent. No, what is it called? Um, Whose Justice, Which Rationality? So the idea was, I was going to throw this out there. Me and Shane have already started, but what if we did a month of September challenge? And you would you would pick, like maybe we could do a, a like some of the Patreon members have said, 
I want to let's do like a book study or something. So we just said, this is what we're going to do. Here's some minimum things. If you're married, it has to involve coitus with your spouse. But if you're not married, whatever. Uh, actually, not whatever. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> if you're not married, coitus with anyone. Uh, no. Hi, I'm Luke, and I can give a good. Um, I can give a chastity talk <laughs> for a much cheaper rate than others from other people. <laughs> As you can tell, the quality will be better. Uh, don't worry, I have a Neil Lubstadt. It's from McCarrick, but it's a Neil Lubstadt. <laughs> <laughs> it's got like lips, like a. It has um, lipstick on there. Clearly, <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's like, like it's like when people who were illiterate yeah. would just make a mark. It's yeah. his lipstick. It's just like his lips. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call the McCarrick receipt. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I was. I don't know what I was. <laughs> Send your emails to advertise at catchingfoxes dot org. Yeah. So Sexus ninety. Oh my gosh. Sorry, keep going. The, the Summer, Summer of, of Scandal. Scandal. But what do you think? What do you think about a challenge, Luke? What do you think yeah, about a challenge? I, th- I think it'd love be great. I think well, we need to do something because uh, Homeboy's going to die inside if he doesn't. So, <laughs> so we've recommitted. I'm, I'm, I'm a, uh, you know me. I'm a carnivore guy. So we're doing. I'm. This is what I've, I'm trying to do my hardest, which is restructure like meals as like and and this is what I said about the carnivore diet it's like few it makes you think of food as fuel but because of the celebration aspect with my daughters you know I'm eating ice cream I'm eating popcorn yeah. and we're watching movie well I don't need to do that I don't need to do that and my daughters don't need a crap ton of that so the last movie that we watched which was Azkaban with Cecilia um uh, we didn't have any of that she had it and she's fine with us not eating you know it's yeah, not like she doesn't care <laughs> she, she's good so, um, so me and Shannon, we're just committed to to doing it pretty thing so or pretty pretty frugally. So I'm like thinking ahead of like meals, hunger, how to deal with it. Shannon went out and bought a bunch of flavored water so that we wouldn't be jonesing for um, you know delicious flavored seltzer, hard seltzer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but anywho, so it, it's just stuff like that. So maybe if I came up with a little contest and we do it on Patreon, so you got to be a patron. It'd be any num- dollar number, right? So if you give uh, a buck fifty, you can join. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do that. Give us at least two dollars. How dare you? Uh, but <laughs> but anyone can join, and I'll just set it up on Patreon, and I'll come up with like a list of minimums, and then. But what I want is for people to define aspects of it themselves. So it's not like Exodus ninety, where it's like you got to do these seventy five things. It's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit different, but we'll have. And to Luke's gonna stop so. after about um, fifty days, and he's gonna, and then he's gonna have other people who who stopped as well at at that point, and who who all said, yeah, that was kind of enough. And you'd yeah. be surprised at who some of those people were. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't me. It ain't, it ain't me. me. It ain't me. It ain't me. I ain't no senator. Okay, son. no, I but think like, that's a great idea. Okay, and I'll, we'll just do it. Just be a September thing. Thirty days that's September. Should I bring April, this up June, to our lawyer when I speak with her on Monday? Yeah. Uh, we are not medical doctors. Please do not hold us accountable for any yeah. accidental deaths that occur while yeah. doing Sexodus 30. <laughs> um, but I am Look speaking, at another stroke. I am speaking to our lawyer on Monday. So, woo, we're a nice. I'm official nice. businessman doing official yeah. business things. Not being illegal all the time. Official <laughs> business things. Uh, I haven't been running an illegal business for four years. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm happy we're doing this. Uh, let me rephrase that. I'm happy you're doing this. <laughs> you're a beautiful man, Luke. You're a beautiful man. You'd make Sorry. a better woman, but you're a beautiful man. I do I do have a beak up. So, okay. Um, cool. So we're going to do the challenge. you got to be on Patreon in order to get access to the challenge. I'll have that. I'll write that up tonight and post it with the show. And we'll um, make Kate tomorrow. do all the work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll be fun. No, cool. that'll be great. Cool. cool. All right. I did everyone. Cool. Yeah, well, have a link to that in the show notes, will you? Yes. Yes. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is it preventing you from achieving your goals? Well, I started going to therapy probably about maybe four months ago, maybe three months ago. And I just kind of realized that healing is something that the Lord wants us to receive. But healing is always an invitation from God. Quite often, he asks people to, to you know take a step out. We have to take action. And a great way to do that is through a group called BetterHelp. BetterHelp can assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours. This is not a crisis line. It is not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely 
online. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime, and I'm going to send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and I'm a thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule a weekly video or phone obsession so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. Those are weird, as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so that they make it easy and free to change counselors if you feel like you need to. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is indeed available. Better help h-e-l-p wants you to start living a happier life today you can go to betterhelp.com slash reviews and read some of the testimonials that are posted daily so this is what we're going to do we have a special offer for podcast listeners you get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp h-e-l-p betterhelp.com slash foxes you go to slash foxes and you will get 10 percent off your first month in fact so many people have been using better help that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional counselor betterhelp.com slash foxes thank you to better help for sponsoring this episode of catching foxes someone's been slacking on the show notes recently what do you mean i'm just kidding they just haven't been as long uh, uh, which is fine. I just well, that's what happens kidding. when we record on Thursday. <laughs> if we if we <laughs> record on Thursday, everything gets compressed. What's to... a better time for you to record? Like, what would work for you? I, you know, Luke. I don't. I don't. I mean, it's so life is so is weird so, right now. Yeah, yeah, it's so all over the place. But uh, I mean, Monday nights I still budget for our show. Um, but I know nights weren't good for you, so that's why we moved They're, off that. So. It's um, they might. I just it's um. I'm so tired. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. I, I think if we can maybe do a month or so of, uh, like, if we can get her till the three-month mark where she's yeah. um, sleeping through, through the majority of the night and I don't have to wake up at 3.30, which is much better than having to wake up at 2 and then at 5. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. Okay. Yeah. I mean, That's I'm fine good. with doing Thursday, but the editing... You know, the, the hard part is you got four kids that you got to get oh, to bed yeah. after no. homeschooling yeah. while my kid is coming off an SSRI medication, right? So yeah, yeah. There's, it, it's nothing but a cluster, and so bedtime is. So I'm not, I don't even sit down to edit till 11 o'clock at night sometimes. So oh, when I finish around 1, now the good thing is I have this new MacBook Pro that's been beefed out. So to bounce a show is a, a third the amount of time to actually export it as an MP3. Oh, wow. Is a okay. third the amount of time as it was on my iMac. And it's just, I mean, that is a game changer. When e- Even though it doesn't sound like a lot, like four minutes, three minutes to 10 minutes or 12 minutes, um, it doesn't sound like a lot. But if I accidentally, like it if I up. leave, yeah, I mean, if I leave an ad in for the Patreon ad-free version, like, because I, I usually, because working in an ad is harder, is Putting the ad where it belongs takes more time, and then deleting it and putting everything back takes less time in terms of workflow um, for the Patreon episode. And so uh, I, always, I, I always have to do the ad-free one second, but the crazy thing is I would just get so bummed when I'm exporting on my iMac, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I got to just get up and leave because it'll take forever. Yeah. So anywho. Yeah. Anywho. Inside jokes gets you inside listeners well, I would just, or, or Patreon supporters. Yeah. Um, I've got some stuff, but do you have stuff? No, that's it. That's stuff? it. That's all that, the stuff. That was your that's stuff? all the stuff that I have. I and that and me and my wife. Things, but I, I, I did. I, I did. Me, me and my wife. You know, I told you I was like getting back into comedy because of our conversations lately. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I wanted to introduce my wife to the comedic stylings of a classic comedian in his prime, Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, nice. So I went uh, the the old uh, Jackie Gleason show. And um, what's his name? Johnny Carson, him coming out and, and telling jokes. Uh, you know, I mean, because that's the age of the one-liner, right? The constant boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom, boom. Mm-hmm. And I was an ugly kid, too. How ugly? How ugly? <laughs> I was so ugly, my mother breastfed me through a straw. I'm ugly, I'm Tony, and my proctologist, he stuck his finger in my mouth. What's going to be nothing? I got a niece, an ugly girl. She got married. She's happy. She married an ugly guy. Right. And today they got two very ugly kids. Ugly kids, yes. <laughs> in fact, they're all so ugly in a family album. They only keep the negatives. <laughs> so we watched, we watched a bunch of them, and there's one thing I've realized. 
about classic comedians. They're dirty. They don't change. No, 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 no he wasn't because it's all the public shows. But they don't change their comedy as much as uh, the George Carlinification of comedy was huge. Yeah, right. So kinda, yeah, yeah. Over the span of like five years, I heard the same jokes from Rodney Dangerfield. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, what's his name? Um, George Carlin. He's the his one that era. came up with the. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. he he's the one that said every year I burn all my old material and write all new material. And people like um, Louis C.K. and um, Bill Burr and some of the others, they said like, yeah, that's what that's what we do now, right? Like that's, that's what, what everyone. Well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. that, that that so I just I just it's just funny to hear him say like he had this joke about suicide, which was. Uh, uh, I get no respect. I get no respect. Even I had to break up with my therapist. Uh, uh, what was the line he said? He goes, I told my therapist I'm suicidal. You know what he said? He now wants me to start prepaying for our sessions. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Which I think is a funny joke, but I heard it five years, you know, like these. Uh, yeah, anyhow, yeah, still funny. Horrible, horrible, but still funny. <laughs> I mean, we, I, sorry, I forgot to call it. It's okay, so I went to the Dave Chappelle thing. Remember from oh, yeah, Scared. we we're, haven't talked about that. So we, yeah, were, yeah, we yeah. were supposed to follow up, but I have, I have a really good reason as to why. I was unbelievably tired the next day. Like, unbelievably tired. I still – I was shocked. It was – so there's this thing when you drink a lot and then you start to drink a lot in your mid-30s where all of a sudden you go, oh, my gosh, this takes the, – the, like, I have to plan. I have to assume that if I'm going to drink a lot, I'm doing nothing the next day. Yeah, there's just yeah. no. I mean, you're just totally where when you're in your 20s, you can, you know, you've got a couple hours where you're like, oh, and then you're like, you can be back at it again that night. And it's really not a big deal. Sad, but really, like, you can do it. And so I was, I, I remember it was, this happened when me and Aaron went to Beer Fest with a couple of friends, maybe like four or five years ago. And the very, it was the Super Bowl Sunday the next day and I had we had to cancel our plans because we were both just like I we can't even function. And <laughs> I Aaron I mean so. Aaron like um never drinks her. I mean she's such a I mean especially compared to me, she may have a sip of a drink every two weeks or so. Yeah. And she just isn't a heavy drinker. And she really didn't drink much then, but I did. And uh even for her for for the amount that she did, she was just out and I was tired. We were both just like, oh my gosh, we're so okay, so we can't do that anymore. You know, like this is what this means now. This is a once in a year if that, this is done. And then <laughs> we went out. We didn't have any. So we go, we go to the, um, uh, we go to, um, the Chappelle show. I'll explain more about, uh, about um, what, it, well, actually, no, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll just, I'm going to it um, right now. So it's in this field out in Yellow Springs. So those of you who don't know what Yellow Springs is, it's about, you know, 15 minutes northeast of Dayton, if, if that. It's in a, there's a college there called, um, Antioch, and it's where uh, it's claimed the fame is it's where um, Rod Sterling went, I believe, the guy who wrote and produced The Twilight Zone. That's where he went to college. So a lot of the um, a lot of the towns or a lot of the street names in in the Twilight Zones are, are towns and areas here in Dayton. Mm, and and okay. and so it's a it is for all intents and purposes it is a it is a college town. It's like a college slash I'm a farm town slash hippie town. It's for the most part very left wing, uh, and it's a really cool place. It's I really like going there. And so you go and you have to be socially distanced, and you can't. You, we had to leave our phones in in our car, or you put them in a bag where they where they hold it. Uh, f- they uh, or they they hold on to it for you. So he has a rule: I'm um, no cell phones in any of his shows or any of of um, these things. Okay, and so because he's really big on like what happens there stays there. It's a that yeah. it's a unique experience, and that a phone kind of ruins it. Okay, and so uh, and then I you, agree. You go and, that, and, that, and so it's kind of cool that you have these like oh, they have these like um, red lights to kind of like outline this um, this um, um it's on um, like a trail, and it's like you know maybe it's probably like fifty yards to that you have to walk if if that, and then you get to this like. Um, uh, there's basically um, I don't know if a pavilion's the right word, but kind of like uh, I guess it's um, sorry again, COVID parent brain or just like stroke brain. I'm drawn up, but it's um, I think it's a pavilion, but it's just a thing that you have where you want to have like a, like you know maybe a couple hundred people like will watch like um, a local jazz band play a thing on the fourth of um, July or something, and only can hold like there's I think they can have 400 people there and you're all spaced out they and then they um had a circle where there were two chairs all of them um were um were 6 feet apart 
Okay. And then they had a VIP tent on the side, and then they had a bunch of uh, food trucks in the back and really nice porta potties as 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 well. So we didn't drink like we got there as late as we possibly could. We were pretty far it far and we were on the last row honestly. And then they had a guilt free smoking zone. We were kind of by that because it's Dave <laughs> Chappelle. <laughs> and they, and you and you are um, escorted in by like one and they um, they take your temperature and they ask you if you've had any um symptoms or anything and you do get patted down and stuff. And uh um so we go and like Dave Chappelle opens up. He's the MC, hilarious, like just absolutely hilarious. And then it was him, a Michelle Wolf, who was a little bit off, but still really funny. You could just tell it was kind of an off night for 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 her. I think she had gotcha. a little bit of um, a COVID brain. At one point in time, she just she just goes, "There's a lot of fat people here tonight." <laughs> like that. And I was like, Good "Someone's look. been in Ohio for a while." <laughs> you could tell she was just kind of like, "I like." Like this is fun, but I'm tired. <laughs> so, um, but Aaron really uh, loves her. I, I didn't realize how much Aaron Aaron really um, liked her until she came out. Aaron goes ooh and like starts to clap like that. And I just um, apparently she doesn't like. I was just gonna say it's so funny because Shannon wouldn't even let me play a sanitized clip of her. Shannon hates her so much. Well, she definitely she has um, her thing is like gross girl jokes. Yeah, you know where it's just but like here's Shannon's whole thing. She has a whole thing with abortion. Abortion, yeah, that and that's where, her, like, she's like, nope, nope. Yeah, nope. and that's why I totally understand why, like, her abortion stuff is horrific, and yeah. um, it's not really her thing, but it is. It's like that's where she gets bad, and so, and Aaron is absolutely. I'm not a fan. I think Aaron found her other stuff first, and then found out about that stuff afterwards. Yeah. So, um, and then there was a guy named Mo Mo Amir who was fantastic, like. He was know. really, really good. Um, uh, and he had this ability to just go on and on and on. And you thought he was doing like a it – it felt like it was this um, this, this like um, stream of conscious thing. And then it's like, oh, wait, this is entirely planned out. But it goes for like five – I mean, it's just a thought of five, five minutes straight. Probably not that long. But it's just – he was awesome. And then they had uh, – the, I think his name is Daryl Umarol or something. He, he was actually um, – on the Dave um, Chappelle yeah. show at the Ashy guy, the bald guy, he <laughs> was awesome. really funny. And then uh, they then Dave Chappelle brought out a string quartet to play to play um chamber piece, and he had them <laughs> change the lights. I mean, this is this is all like spur of the I mean, the having that group there um, wasn't spur uh, right, wasn't right. spur of the moment, but the way he wanted the ambiance to be. All of a sudden, he, he just like he stops and goes, change this, change that, change this, and like the lights guy and people um did it, and it created it just like you see his his brain just goes, oh, this um needs to look better. It was perfect. I mean. That's awesome. It was perfect. And then the um, a Chamber Orchestra was just incredible. I'm sorry. The um, a Chamber Quartet was just phenomenal. It was so – it was just so un- – I thought it was going to be uh, John Mayer because he was there um, last weekend. Right. And I was like, huh, okay. I can, I can I'm get behind that. And then he brought out John – then it was um, John Stewart from oh, really? yeah, The Daily right. Show. Yeah, and that was fantastic. That was – I had heard he was in town, so I thought it was probably going – because there's always kind of one big person that's, a, uh, that's the um, surprise guest. Uh, Aaron didn't know, and Aaron was a little bit left-wing in, um, in college, so she really liked John, John Stewart. So she was very excited about that. She's now very, very unconservative, but uh, I don't know. If, I feel like I have to defend her. I don't know why I'm saying that. But um, it was just um, – you know, and it's funny because it, it was like, holy crap, this is John Stewart. And he did a maybe about a half hour – or or so, maybe um, 45 minutes. And it was definitely like, oh, that's right. This is why we would watch the Daily Show at times because I don't like it's a little bit weird, like certain things. I'm like, oh, I do not. This goes against things that I hold to be true. But um, still pretty funny and very like um, John Stewart's very earnest. And he yeah. – he, um, he like took um, questions um, from uh, people and one person asked him about stuff he did because he was a big advocate um, recently, for a lot of of the firefighters and the police officers from nine eleven who have who have gotten sick and then a whole bunch have um died, about yeah. them still receiving like federal funding that they get for just you know all their medical bills and and stuff, which I think is pretty um, on paper. We can all we can like all get yeah. behind. I think it's a very I mean, these people like gave their lives. In the end, you know, and um, yeah. his he told about his experience of that. And that was really eye-opening that was really really just and you could see him like um 
like this meant something. To, I mean, he wasn't being funny when he talked about it. He was just saying, here's my experience with this. Yeah. And it was just really cool. You're just hearing Jon Stewart in a cornfield, like in a field that's right by AM Cornfield outside of Dayton, talking about things that he cares about. Yeah. And then uh and then um him and Chappelle just sat down like on this on this on these steps of like this like pavilion and just took questions and just started to talk for about a half hour. And we had to leave a we had to leave a little bit early just because it was getting pretty it was already like um, twelve o'clock or so. And so we're like, hey, let's leave to try to just to try to unbeat the crowd. And we were able to walk pretty close to the um, pavilion as, like, you know, as we're leaving. And just there's Dave Chappelle and Jon Stewart. Like, they're, you know, 20 feet away. Huh. And it was just, it was just like, holy crap. That's just, this is such a cool thing. And it just, it was really, really, really cool. Because it just, just the whole environment, the atmosphere was very positive. Uh, it was really funny. Um this this actual past weekend, they had um, Kevin Hart, Bill Burr, and The Roots, I think, and Darius Rucker was there. So. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Yeah, it's been. Uh, we're gonna try to go again, but I don't know if we're gonna be able to swing it. It is a little bit expensive, but I will never forget it. It was really. It just was very. Uh, it was very very cool. And you went once, right? Yeah. Yeah. They have you them. You haven't gone. No, no. And they have them every weekend. Um, each. Each night, and then uh, on, on Mondays and Wednesdays, I think. I think they oh, take off on um, Tuesday, Thursday. Yeah. I thought this was like a rando thing. No, like no, no, no. You... So he okay. started doing it at first, and then it became a thing where he's doing it every week. But you just you don't know who's going to be there. So it, it's the same okay. price, and you could have him. Because, like, Michelle Wolf and, and like, it's like Mo Guy are staying at Dave Chappelle's house during all yeah. of this. So... Uh, it was just cool because you're at like like this is pretty much the one thing in terms of en- uh, in terms of entertainment that people can go to in the entire country, <laughs> you know. And so it's you're you're seeing like like this is it. This is just all that there is right 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 now, <laughs> and they f- completely understand that. And yeah. so they, you can tell that they're so happy just to be there to be able yeah. to do this. It is funny because. Um... Like I was thinking about the other day when my kids were endlessly complaining uh, how like entertainment – and I say this all the time. Like 150 years ago, if you wanted music, you had to play it or go to it, you know? And you just think like of someone's daily life, how little it was informed by media. Yeah. Yep. In any in, – in literally any form. And uh, I used to read the – like when people were writers, when people were – or you get their letters and stuff. I always had this image of like American pioneers as these illiterate buffoons who all they knew was hunting and stuff. But they would read everyone – like one of the things in the American mm-hmm. prairie was everyone owned the King James Bible and um, the works of Shakespeare. And those yep. are the two books yep. everyone owned. And you wonder why, like, you catch a letter and you read it. I mean, their whole culture was written or it was physical, right? Like, you're talking farmers on a prairie, mm-hmm. and homesteaders and all that stuff. And it's so fascinating to think, like, we have to fight to get silence. But they had to fight to get noise, right? Like, it was the exact opposite, right? Like, music and entertainment and arts and culture and all that stuff. For them, it was it was the written page. It was them singing as a family. Um, and mothers used to sit and part of the children's education was she would just sit and read, you know, chapters out of the Bible to their kids. And that's how they learned the English language was from arguably one of the greatest works in the English language, which was the King James Bible and uh, in terms of literature. And so, I mean, it literally united the entire English language just the same way that the Luther's Bible United all the different German dialects at the time mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. one Germanic language um, mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. far superior to anything that come before. And so, anywho, I, I just find that stuff so fascinating that I'm trying to build within my kids a a culture of reading and a culture of writing. Right, my kids do uh, cursive and all that stuff, not because I care about it, but because I want them used to expressing their own thoughts. thoughts. And Whereas media is always, even if it's a good book, an audio book, it's always the consumption of other people's thoughts. So I don't well, know. And that's why I, I think I really liked um, the, the Chappelle thing. Because, I mean, it's, it really isn't like I walked out of it some, like, you know, changed person or anything. It was just really good. And yeah, especially good like, entertainment. Yeah, like the quartet um, with all of this stuff. And I think this is why I like stand-up, especially when it's in, 
in person, you 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 have to wrestle with it. Uh huh. You know, you you can't just. I mean, there are things where it's just like this is funny. But you, you, you have to really. Um, I mean, we sat there for like four hours. Not four hours. Uh, no, part, we, I think we got there around like eight thirty. We left around twelve. So we we were there for almost like four hours. You're not just like downloading crap and just you know being entertained for like these little ten second, um, ten second, um, micro doses of like you know comedy or something. It's just you 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 have to wrestle with it a little bit, and that's how that's why I like the um symphony as as a well. It's a it's a whole thing you know that you have to that that can go on for hours. Um, and that's interesting. I, do I love th- that they blended that. I think that's so cool. Yeah, I think there's something to like, and we built these huge music halls and stuff because it was really important for people to go and experience that. And when you, I really liked how you have your kids um read, how you have them um read and write because it's not just like when you read, you do um wrestle with with something. Yeah. But there's really something good about then having to process it and put your own thoughts to it it's you know it's um it's like like the bulk of podcasts when they when they talk about a movie just rehash the plot very rarely do they go like what are the themes what is this actually about why does this matter or what are the implications what are the world issues yeah yeah yeah. how do i compare this to other things and just and being able to have do it when you write in a in a detached way because like I, i think what happens is when you write there's almost. I'd be curious to know, like, what is your um, writing ex? What is your writing ex experience um like? When I tend to write stuff and I'm done, I feel like I've processed my thoughts on it, and I can. There's a real. It's much easier for me to walk away after that. Yeah, my. Um, well, let me just say this, and then and then I'll, I can tell you like specifically what I do. When I, um, the reason why I favor reading and writing um, over audiobooks, but. I am an audio learner, a auricular learner. I prefer audiobooks. I prefer podcasts. I my brain is wired that way. But I know there's there's more effort in reading a book, but there's greater comprehension in reading a book. Um, for me specifically, even though I my preferred learning style is audio. Yeah. Okay. So that being said, that being said, so I listen to audiobooks all the time. I'm listening to Alistair McIntyre's um, After Virtue, which is one of the greatest books ever written um in philosophy especially modern philosophy i'm listening to that over and over again i'm learning new things every time but it's not the same as sitting down and reading through it so that's what i'm doing with the sequel who's justice which rationality which is intense but this is the thing that matt fratt had said that complimented something i learned in matthew crawford's um the world beyond your head or beyond your mind. I think it's beyond your head. That was so uh, good. Matt's yeah, Matt and I and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Matt was talking with um with a woman and she said, you know, what's the difference between me reading a book on my Kindle and you reading a book on your uh, reading a physical book? And he said, I'm acting on my book, whereas your phone is acting on you, because every few seconds she would stop and answer a text message. Now when I read on my Kindle, I on my phone, I I put it in airplane mode. Right. So I don't let things distract me like that. So I don't I'm not suffering the same thing, but what you just said, like sitting there and writing is, uh, and reading a, a physical book, a Kindle book, whatever, reading and then writing is all about your agency. It's all about you doing a thing, right? You are acting on the world. I am reading these words. I'm not having these words read to me. I am writing these words, which are my thoughts now being put onto paper. It's not other people's thoughts, other people's commentary, other people reading into my ear holes, right? So there is a a difference, and and that difference might be a a gradient rather than a sharp pole. But when I think about audiobooks, it's like I can't adjust. I mean, I can adjust the speed, but if I'm out walking and I got my earbuds in and I want to listen to this book, it's still them acting on me rather than entirely me acting on that thing. And I think the same is true with writing, and writing just kind of incarnates it sacramentalizes it right makes it known in a little yeah. bit more concrete way mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. what helps with processing right because you also writing is hugely filled <laughs> with with friction right like physically writing with your hand or typing in a keyboard a little bit less so for me but when you write in your thought you want to be more brief more concise fill the sentences with more meaning because you're not just talking into a microphone that goes on for an hour and a half you have you'll get bored writing for an hour and a half straight so often what 
you know, it, the, the, the medium itself forces you to kind of develop your thoughts, I think, a little faster, a little bit more coherently. Mm-hmm. And then you can go back mm-hmm. and edit in a way that you can't necessarily with audio or video. Yeah. It's weird now that we have to, you know, like we would write so much when we were in school. And uh, y- you didn't, obviously, but uh, we had to write so much when we were in school. <laughs> I was a philosophy kidding. theology major. It was always right. I'm talking about uh, high school and things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To that. No, yeah. You're 100% correct. I apologize. <laughs> it's the context that matters. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and did, uh, as in, like, like actual on physical hand, like handwriting, part of it that sucks was it was a lot of, um, I mean, not. It just depends on like where you, where you went to school, but the industrialization of of education is you know a whole other challenging issue that throws a wrench into a lot of like the benefits of writing, but you can still get it, and it's still there. And if you if you think about how much we wrote when we were younger, um, and I mean like hand like handwriting, let's process these thoughts, let's you know um, let's um, write these notes, let's answer these questions here different things like that not i don't mean writing a paper which i think is the same thing but i'm I'm just going again this is more about handwriting stuff we don't do that hardly at all now yeah like hardly at at all and so i've started trying to do that for for work a bit where okay instead of having to write an email what if i were to handwrite this first just to get out my interesting and Interesting. it slows it down a bit, but it, it just – there's something about it that just feels – I can focus compl- – I don't know, for me, I can focus completely on that. And it can just be my world, and it's right there, and I have a copy of it in my journal, and that's all that's like – and I, you know, I'm, I'm not doing this for every email I get or, or a ton, but just certain <laughs> things where – like, okay, this is going to take a little bit I, more I thought. imagine you busting open your journal and writing, FYI, dot, 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 seat, copy, text. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> but just you know, if I if if I if I, if I think you know what I'm, I need to think through on my response a bit, I might ha- I started ha- I um, uh, hand wrote. Plus, I got a fountain pen, so I wanted. To Ooh, use it. I use my quill. <laughs> it's I don't know. I just it's um. How's your cursive? Oh, freaking horrible! Is How's it as yours? bad as your print? Yeah, it's terrible. My cursive is cleaner than my print. I have good, I have good handwriting. I have slow handwriting, but it's good. It's I need to write so. slower. The thing is, I don't. It's 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 not bad. No, it's not bad. It's just like if um, can other problem, people read it? If I'm zoned in, yes. If I'm zoned out while I'm writing, it's like what the hell is that? I used to. Yeah, there was a period of time in high school where I had really good handwriting. I had really gotten it down, and then I don't know what happened. <laughs> then the war. Then the, the war, war came. Happened. Yeah. Shell yeah. shock. Do you take notes? Like, when you take notes at work, do you put them into your computer or do you write? Uh, I, I'll do one or the other. Um, lately, I've been grabbing spiral notebooks and Post-its because I don't have a lot of – I don't have a need to take notes of every meeting, especially my leadership meetings. The majority of what's said is written down. We have a person that takes notes for the and then sends it out. But um, – so I don't need to take notes of the whole meeting. I just need to take action items that apply to me. And so kind of going from that, I, I will prefer to write it down because that's how my memory works a little bit better. Even if I have a piece of paper, I'll almost always remember the three things I need to do when I get back to my office. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I have a thing. I have a system where I haven't done this as much recently, but um, where honestly on like I will, I will um, have notes f- uh, from the overall all meeting on one page, and because I, I always use, I um, uh, have a journal that I use. I tend to use the bullet journal, trying to use um, th- the monk manual a bit because I really um, like that. But uh, this is just for um, note taking, though. So on one side is where I will write down uh, anything that's important for the meeting because I just like to, um, you know, I might want to like, you know, I don't know, I just like I'm um, writing it down. And then yeah. on the other page, I'll put down my thoughts and next actions. Okay. And I'll just ha- – like if I have an observation that I want to put down on paper or a question that, that I want to ask later, I will write that down. Mm, so that and I don't – it's – I'm not always – I'm taking notes. It's just a more of, oh, this is important. I really want to be able to – if I want well, your to notes, remember. Your notes are, are – the really important things that you do there is you're not just transcribing what people are saying. Your notes are a conversation with what's being said. 
right? Oh, like yeah, that's yes. you. Yep, like when, yep. like that's when people tell you when you write notes in a book, you're you're entering into the conversation with the paragraphs, right? So it's like really deny, great point, you know, whatever it is. And that's what you're doing. Like, a lot of people don't know to take notes like that. Like, oh, here's some follow-up questions I want to ask. Here's some, you know, like, question mark, follow-up later or whatever. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and it's it's, it's been – and I, I don't do it as much because I don't have as many me- – like, uh, like the, the, bulk of my, the bulk of my meetings now are um, – they are planning meetings. You know, it's, I, don't, I don't really have to do that. Uh, not uh-huh. planning means that's the wrong thing, but so it just uh, we're just making or we're making on the decisions in the moment. Yeah, you know. So, uh, but if I don't have to, that's actually where that's really helpful is when I don't have to make a decision, and I, and I just I'm just trying to understand what's 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 going on. So, yeah. This is a fun episode. Notes. <laughs> Notes. <laughs> well, so the funny thing is, I bought a brand new iPad maybe two years ago. Um, and I bought the biggest one you could get because I wanted to use it as a note I work thing. in ministry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all need iPads. I bought the biggest one because my idea was yeah, sure. It's the mm-hmm. size of an eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper, basically. And I, I started bought a pen so I for that reason. I yeah, got, got the Apple Pencil. Um, but I only used the iPad for notes for like two weeks straight, just to like force myself into it. And I would say that it was largely a failure. Um, it, it, it takes, for me, I, I have a coworker who did it. She went out after I bought mine. She bought hers. And she bought the smaller one, a lot more portable. She takes it with her everywhere. And when she was in grad school, she would take a copious amount of notes. And she's like, I love it. I have this thing saved. It's saved up in the cloud. I always have access to it. Um, and so I started taking it to all my meetings, and I would write notes, and I came up with a whole scheme of how I would do my notes. Uh, it just, it just, it doesn't resonate with me. It doesn't, because of the pencil to glass feel is different enough. It's not tactile enough for me. So there's some things where I see that as being very advantageous. And I was on like a building committee for our chapel. So I was taking like screenshots and dropping them into the notes and making notes around the image. Very cool. Very high tech was more fiddly than it was actually helpful. So uh, I just have ever, – ever since I got into Cal Newport and, you know, uh, deep work and then um, digital minimalism, I've been really, like, trying to be aggressive with getting rid of electronic things that I think are going to make my life easier, and they actually don't. They don't add enough value. I mean, they add value, but not enough value that I give a damn or that it's it's amazing or it's worth the, the thing. So my comprehension increases when I have pen to a yellow pad, you know, a yellow legal pad. My comprehension, the things I take notes on um, – excels amazingly so yeah i really liked evernote i was a big i was an early evernote adopter a really big fan of it uh for those of you who don't know on what that is it was a cloud-based app where you could put and organize all your notes yeah in there so i put everything in there i mean i put everything in there and i i, I could take um, i could take um pictures of it and stuff and mm-hmm. i liked it and i was all in with that for a bit but the they just kept trying to keep you there. Yeah. And that's what I didn't, and they didn't it make bloated, it more it use. Crappy. Yeah. And it, it and it, they really, um, it became less and less useful and more about just wanting to keep you yep. there. And I'm like, I don't like all I, all I want is to be able to take a picture of this, of this whiteboard and put it in this spot here. And for you yep. to be like, and, and that's a pretty t- – I mean, I get it. That's, like, an amazing thing that we are, you know, able to do. But if you say you're going to do this, make sure this works. And it's about not – It's. it has to be – it has to work as opposed to isn't this cool that you can do this. Yeah, yeah. It becomes fiddly. That's the number one problem. That's why they yeah. call it productivity porn, right? Like, yeah. you yes. get caught yes. up in all the bells and the whistles and you forget, like, oh, this is actually supposed to help me get my, my job done. So I, I have this, like, standard rule that I tell people. Before you download an app because you listen to a Merlin Mann talk or a Cal Newport talk or whatever, before you get into the fiddly bits, use whatever comes standard. Use Apple Notes, Apple Reminders. Start with that. And until you've reached the end of it and it doesn't work anymore for you, don't leave it, right? Just stick with the basics that comes with your phone. I don't know anything about Android, but um, yeah, and just use the Apple. Imp- yeah, exactly. Apple improved notes. I use notes all the time. I, I use I, reminders I, I like, because yes. of its integration with Siri. Me too. And Me too. That's my prayer clutch. life, like, yeah, my prayer life was incredible with reminders because I would talk to people 
And I remember I went to this thing called Senior Pals for our AARP crowd at church. And I sat down and one of the – I was sitting down with um, two of the leaders that ran it. And we were just talking about their lives and I had about a 45-minute wait before I gave my talk. And so I'm just hanging out with them and they're like, oh, did you hear about so-and-so? My wife had a, her back surgery. So-and-so is, has cancer. You know, once you're hanging out with that crowd, right, it's almost all – you know, diseases, illnesses, yeah. you know, life-threatening thing, friends that just died. And so I would just say to them, um, I would just say to them, hey, give me their name so I can pray for them. And right in front of them, I would say, hey, Siri, set a reminder today at 1 p.m. to pray for Jack and his back surgery. And they would, like, literally start crying in front of you, like, I can't believe you're going to do that. And I was like, me either. I'm yeah. actually going to remember to pray for your people instead of just saying I'll pray for them. Ethel, aren't I holy? Some might say Mary's I'm favorite. Do you have time? I have a whole story. <laughs> my story's got stories let's do this oh okay can we do a take i'm trying to think of any more this is probably the one thing i want to add this is a this is yeah. a really great like merlin man quote don't spend the majority of your time staring at this at the scaffolding like yes. do your stuff do your work um, one thing that I do, because I, I fall into this trap so easily, because I love to think about this uh, and I just love um, technology and it's fun it's yeah. really really cool but I always try to ask myself when I'm getting off, like, it's very easy for me to also go, I can take this app and use this. And then also I've spent like 10 to 20 minutes on, mm-hmm. on that. So I always try to ask myself, how is this making on Glen Mary money? <laughs> you know, nice. I, I'm not making and that. Sorry. That's really like, how is this helping our donors? How is this, you know, yeah. drawing people into our mission? How is this like, because you know, my job is about, is about I'm making money. So how is it? And I, and I don't I don't mean that in the sense of like um get that cash. I just mean like that means how am I helping people invest in what we're doing, yeah, and be a part yeah. of our mission. And so having like a one line thing that you can ask yourself like does basically it's a filter, mm-hmm. you know. And if you can reply, if you, if you can apply that filter and go, is this helping me? Like is not even really this thing, but the, like what I'm doing about this thing right now yeah. is it helping? No, it's not. Okay, I'm done. Boom. Done. So can Boom. we do a take Gomer to the woodshed moment? Very, very absolutely. Quick. So you gave a wonderful talk. It was fantastic on your Beyond the Bulletin. Last, on the communion last, of saints? Uh, <laughs> yes, and like a Bellic <laughs> Mary. Now, you talked about stuff. You've, you, you have shared the story before about when you went on to the Five Round Frenzy. I'm on to the, the, their message board yeah. back in the day and argued with, with all yeah. of those own people. I want to give you props first. So let's start with props. I was amazed that you forgot that you, sorry, that you, that you had remembered that I had a Toshiba, an old Toshiba laptop. <laughs> <laughs> that I was like, I was truly impressed. Oh yeah, that was awesome. So that I wanted to sh- I wanted to share that with you. Like, good job. Nice. Yeah, thanks. Bro. Um, that was I, when you said that. I laughed like like heartily out out <laughs> out loud. And and you texted me about it. You're like, yeah. you remember the old <laughs> two? I did not go on a Marian retreat. Like, there was something about some Mary. Of, like, like I, some of I your details, I'm like, he's just bullshitting this right now, or he's going to. I was not bullshitting. That's how no, I remember. No, no, it. no, I don't. I don't mean that you are lying. Okay, fair. I just mean in the sense I'm filling of, in the gaps. Listen, like you're trying in to Jurassic these... Park. There's missing dino <laughs> DNA. They replace it with frog DNA. In Michael Gormley's <laughs> memories, there are significant chunks that are important <laughs> to the story that are missing. I fill it in with flights of fantasy. Go on. Woo. <laughs> dino <laughs> DNA. <Yeah>. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Okay, uh, so what what happened that spurred you on to talk about Mary? I don't remember, but it wasn't. I, said, a I thought it was like a t- I said a retreat or a talk. I, it like may I have think just been from like us thing. talking. No, I didn't go to Doctor Mirabal. I never went to a Doctor Mirabal talk. I had things to do. Um, yeah. I think <laughs> not, I'm not, not saying your freshman year. Not your freshman year. <laughs> what do you mean? Not your freshman <laughs> you year? You didn't have anything to do your freshman year. Yes, I did. Smoke cigarettes. <laughs> I was talking. <laughs> I was hanging out with. <laughs> I did the homeless ministry one time. That's true. That's true. And, um, That's true. I uh, I did just do a lot of hanging out. Um, ah, so much fun. Okay. So, anyways, uh, my point that's is that's what this that, show is. <laughs> what did you do? What did, what did you do that's that's what this show is. This show is us hanging out hanging and out, yeah. productivity tips, just like we did at the, the yeah, gazebos. Yeah, pretty much um, twenty years and, ago. And I I was like, what? And like you were saying all of the like, I don't remember any of this being the case. Like when you were just um talking about like a couple of like the like I so I do remember you oh, going I re- to mass. 
and going, oh, my gosh, I have a flood of information. What I didn't remember, I was like, I don't – and, again, I I totally understand how this is, is where, like, I'm just – I don't – I don't uh, remember it being about the stuff that you had talked about. Oh yeah, I remember being. I know, I know Mary, that part's true. But like you might, you might have remembered that. But I was like, mm, is that is that exactly how it went, or is he just like, is is that is this how you remember it? Is this your memory of a memory? Is what I'm wondering. Are you talking about the actual objections that people said? I don't remember anymore. That I retired. Res- <laughs> that I responded to. So my my the thing that set me off was. I had no idea where to begin because people were saying the craziest stuff. Like, Jesus' genetic code was perfect. Sin comes from bad genes. And that's why Jesus gen- – and you're like, what that? Number one, this yeah. has nothing to do with marriage. Like, that's – yeah, like, that's what – I guess it's like that. Like, it was those things. I'm like, I have no, I have no memory yeah. of that so at all. that's why I went insane is because I remember saying this to you. I was like, the further these non-Catholic Christians get from Catholicism – and the authority of the church and the councils and all that stuff, the more crap that they have to just make up themselves. And I remember thinking, I don't know where to – how do you respond to someone? That's like, a I really good this point. One guy, yeah. yeah. And I remember this one guy saying, uh, God perfectly formed Jesus and placed her in Mary's womb. And, like, we don't know. But, like, something like a week or so later, she gave birth. And then he's like, this whole thing that you have with Mary conceiving is wrong. And so I just went into Isaiah and I copied and pasted, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And the reason why that stood out to me was the guy immediately replied and said, I want to apologize to you how wrong I was. And you rebuked me or used some fancy word with scripture. I humbly acknowledge I was way out of line and wrong. You're correct. And I apologize. Please continue. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's never happened. <laughs> the, internet never heard that. the internet was kind. <laughs> yeah. On a message board. So it was the, – the, some of those things it's stood so out funny. to me in a very big way. Oh, did you just freeze? Oh, Gomer. Oh, my goodness. My power just went out. Reconnecting. Hey, guys, our power just went out. In the middle of a Skype Reconnecting. call. Oh, no. All right. Slack. Hey, Luke, I just lost all power. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, no. That's that's not good. No, it is not. How can we keep doing this? Um, I think we've got a good end. I mean, I've, I've got to go here pretty soon. Okay, well, I mean, we're still recording our own end, so oh, yeah. if you Wait, talk. Did your so your house lost all 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 power? Yeah. Is there a storm or anything? No, there's literally nothing. So you so you, your laptop is just going off of your battery. Yeah, well, yeah. that's all the that matter. So I can record my end if you want to keep talking. Wait, and how then we do can you, wrap it up? How do you how, how do you have internet? I don't, but I'm recording locally on my laptop. No, but like, how can I hear you? Uh, because I'm on my cell phone. Sorry. Oh, Sorry. oh, That's the oh okay. Sorry. I was like, how is this remotely possible? <laughs> Gormley, you're missing the point. <laughs> no. Um, wow. This, this is a fun way to uh, podcast, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> no, actually, I think, it's, I think it's very ingenious of you. I'm proud of you. Thank you, baby. Do you want to see my nipples? Uh, I can't. That's fair. Uh, so yeah. Uh, anyways, I also don't remember. I I don't like. I didn't remember you being that obsessed with it. I mean, I do. Uh, I do remember you being obsessed with like one thing in particular. But I was like, man, this was a really big deal to him. It was a big deal to me because I always wanted to engage in apologetics, but no one ever wanted in my life to do that with me. But all my friends were in situation. Like when I was homeschooled, all my friends in youth group went to public school. And so they were constantly getting berated by – back at the time, now they're all atheists. But back then they were like the hardcore <laughs> Baptist church yeah. kids were yeah. constantly calling Catholics like the Antichrist and stuff like that. And so they would have these conversations, but I never had them. And so that was like the one time I get to have this conversation is through Luke – and it just tattooed on my brain. And I, you, I've used that story for literally years. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, that's that's so funny. All right, uh, thanks. Thank you to um, BetterHelp for again. I'm sponsoring this this here episode of 
Catching Foxes, um, any support that you guys can um, can um, give to us, we really do. We really uh, we really do like value it. Even those who uh, who um, who had who had to stop just because of COVID and stuff, we really appreciate you. Um, that's at patreon.com slash cf. That is patreon.com slash cf. And head on over to Patreon for our new September challenge that Gomer's going to make up today. Today being Friday when you hear this. Did you see the thing that I, I so I just posted? Uh, hey, what's up? And then like. Th- like we had like fifty responses to that. Look, I want to point this out. It's it was so, so funny cool. because my email account is the account that gets the Patreon, you know, yeah. notification emails. Every comment that is left, every message that we get, sends an email to me, and it's so funny because like I'll clear out my emails. Me and Shannon, I put, I try to keep my phone away when I'm hanging out with my family, and I go and I pick up my phone literally twenty minutes before bed. And there are 50 emails. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what did Luke put on Patreon? And then I open up the emails, and sure enough, it's all like, what's up, dude? And, <laughs> and I'm like, what did Luke write? And then you just wrote, what was it? Hey, what's up? Yeah, I wrote, hey, what's up? And then everyone just started to share, like, um, what they were doing. It was really cool. It was really – because people – like, there's some people doing some really – like, it's just – like, you know, it's so hard to try to um, get to know them. And so to see what they're all uh, doing and stuff, I was like, this – what an awesome group of people. I know. I love the one. I think he wrote it today where he's like, I was just told I'm teaching this college class on Tuesday. It starts next week and I have no lesson plans. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, everyone on there, I'm sorry that we're not as active as um, as we would like to be. It's just a little bit of difficult. We're, we are very almost stressed for time, but we're going to do our best. Please be active. Talk. You know, it's, uh, there was a group actually out in, in um, Chicago, some, some catching foxes. I'm a fan. We're going to try to like a meet up or something. I thought that was amazing. So, yeah, you, you guys are awesome. Um, we love you. Long, long time. <laughs> Adios. We love you long time. <laughs> I had to ruin it, huh? I had to, this is yeah. why we'll never be up speakers at Seek. <laughs> <laughs>